Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, today I'm here with Little Texas. What up? So I heard your song, it's Bend Over, right? Yes. Okay, I heard that That's song old one. four years ago. This guy did it, showed it to me. That song, I was like, holy crap, and I played it so many times on repeat. That's so sick. this is just like four years later, this is so funny. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that was like one of my first, uh, when I started getting like more into club music, that was yeah. like one of my first tunes that I did. Mm -hmm. And I had the guitar samples in that one. Yeah. So you were born in Dallas, or? Yeah, I was. I, uh, in 1989. Mm -hmm. Pisces. Shout out all the Pisces out there. Um, it's the best with sign, water sign. Um, so your parents were born there as well, or? No, my dad is from Chicago, and my mom is from Arkansas. Oh. But they met, you know, in, like, Colorado on a, like, ski trip or something. Yeah. But yeah, I grew up in Dallas. What made them move out there? Work. Yeah. yeah, they were both working. There's a lot of like corporate stuff going on in Dallas. What did they um, do? My mom worked in corporate affairs and public relations, and my dad had a printing company. Oh, a printing company. Yeah. Yeah. And back then, you were really into like skating, right? Yeah, I was like, that was my first sort of like heavy uh, passion, and like maybe addiction. Uh, <laughs> I. Uh, all I did was skateboard. That was yeah. just like my thing. How and, old were you back then? Uh, let's see. I think I was probably well. First, I was like an aggressive inline rollerblader. Like oh, wow. I was like the like epitome of '90s. So like I was listening to Corn, Limp Biscuit, Slipknot, Beastie Boys, and shit like that. Big new metal kid had like the fucking spiky hair with blonde oh my tips. Gosh. The, like, see. metal ball chain, you yeah. know, like, the chain with, like, mm -hmm. the metal balls. Like, yeah. I had that going. And Jinkos, like, and my parents, like, really didn't want me to, like, buy Jinkos back yeah. then. They were like, why do you want these giant pants? I was like, because they're cool. <laughs> and so, like, I would go to the skate park and I would, like, inline rollerblade because it was, like, cool then. Like, aggressive yeah. inline. And so, anyways, that was, like, my first thing. Yeah. And then I ended up getting into skateboarding because aggressive inline rollerblading wasn't cool. Were your parents creative? No. No, I mean, in their own right, I'm sure they are. Yeah. But no, not really. I was kind of the first person to, like, Damn. find, uh, you know, some passion in that creative realm. Where like do you music. think you got it from then? I have. So, I think it, there's a little bit in my family. Like, I have an uncle who is really into uh, music, but I've always just really been into music. It's just always spoken to mm -hmm. me on, like, a deep level. And even back then, I remember hearing those bands and, you know although it's very aggressive and stuff, you know, it just really, like, spoke to me. And it, it, and I think that it's interesting that music has the power to, like, shape a person, not only just in their taste, that it's, mm -hmm. like, it's like I'm going to start wearing all these clothes, I'm going right. to start doing all this stuff. This is my, like, identity. And, like, so much identity, I think, is created through music, as opposed to a lot of the other... Um, forms of art mm -hmm. and stuff. I think there's a lot of power to those too, yeah. but music seems to like have much more power to shape a person's identity. Yeah. From fashion to like personality to. Were you in things. bands and stuff? Yeah, I was. I had like a, I had a punk band. Was it called the Corruption or something? Yeah. How the? How do you know that? <laughs> 
is like Nard. This is gonna be like Nardwire. You're gonna give me gifts. Oh my God. Um, um, yes, I was in a band called The Corruption, and uh, I was the singer, and we covered. I feel like we covered like Michael Jackson songs and like, but did it in like a street punk. Like we were really into like punk core records and shit like that. So like the Havoc and like yeah. bands like that. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Lower class brats, I guess. They were like droogies. I don't know. I was in eighth grade, but yeah. uh, so we started there, and then I like kind of got more into like being good at my instrument. I played bass, mm-hmm. and I got much more into like the technical aspect. So I started getting into like funk, R and B. Um, was that your friend showing you, or? Yeah, I had like a good friend of mine who kind of like really. Uh, pushed me in that realm he went to an art school mm-hmm. and he kind of showed me like hey there's all this like really you know high level technical music and like these players that really know their instruments super well and like it just sounds really cool and you can be better at other styles if you get good at these certain styles right pick up like vocab um and so yeah I started getting into that stuff and like kind of was into like jam bands and like was really into like Medeski Martin and Wood mm-hmm. um and the bands that implemented like jazz and classical stuff. And so that kind of was my high school experience was like getting really good at playing yeah. bass and playing upright bass too. Right. And then it kind of like shifted into my like jazz passion. Mm-hmm. You know? Did you like school at all? I actually did. Yeah? I was really good at school. Oh, wow. What's funny is I went to Berkeley for college and yeah. music school was significantly harder for me than regular school. Hmm. What like, subjects were you into in like high school? I really liked history. Like I've actually heard that quite a few musicians say they like history. I love history. I was really good at math. I never had to try, really. Wow. Calculus was a breeze. Damn. And, like, English was a little bit harder for me. I wasn't so much into writing papers. Yeah. Um, but I did, uh, I did really enjoy history. It was yeah. it's fascinating to me and still is fascinating to me because it's, like, relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can kind of see why things are the way they are today. Yeah. You know, and it's it all happened. That's the that's the cool thing to me. And for Berkeley, you studied jazz, right? Yeah, I did. I did. I studied uh, performance, so with a jazz concentrate mm-hmm. and uh, music business. Why um, do you choose jazz? I really just liked jazz music. Like mm-hmm. once I got my head around it, because I remember listening to jazz, and I, I know a lot of people have the same experience, so they don't get it. You know, it sounds like just like notes and stuff and mm-hmm. it doesn't really like hit them but once I got into it and learned the like actual what was going on and the improvisational aspect of it I really like got into it and I thought it was one of the coolest things and I thought it made me such a better like player mm-hmm. um, and because you have to like really understand chord structures and really understand you know just the sort of technical aspects of it to like be able to improvise and get free from that like rigid um, sort of structure. Yeah. So it's like all songs have, most songs, unless you're talking about like free music or like ambient music, have like a pretty much like a rigid structure. You know, it's like the chords are here, here's the top, this is the verse, this is the chorus. And so it allowed me to like pick up on that stuff like really, really quick. It's like, oh, that's just the, you know, G major seven chord. Okay, cool. Yeah. I know exactly everything yeah. I can do within this style and that style on that chord so that was kind of where I got and I just really liked to improv and I and I was good at it so yeah but like back then you were still making kind of like was it twerk music or 
No, this is before that. Oh, okay. Um, so that was like 2007 to like 2010. And even in 2011, sort of, was when I was doing bass like really heavy. Oh. And so I was playing in like a wedding band too, which was crazy, like a, <laughs> a high-end wedding band on the East Coast. Wow. Yeah, we, we had like monitors that would play tracks and we all had headphones. Wow, that's so legit. Yeah, it was crazy. Damn. So like we play like Rihanna and like there'd be like a big ass kick drum and snare and shit, wow. you know, like a big room house track and then we would be playing the song over that. Damn. And like sort of doubling everything to yeah. make it sound bigger. So we traveled around the East Coast and did that and even went to like Texas and some other states around California. Yeah. Um, and then how did you meet like Arnold and MOD and everyone? We all went to school together. Yeah. yeah. Was it like classes or like school projects? I don't think we ever had any classes because we were all a year apart. So I met young Satan, Trevor, because we used to party together. I think that was how I met them. They were like one summer I stayed in Boston and I ended up like seeing them on the way to class and like they were smoking cigarettes or something or like, I don't know. And we all just like realized that we all wanted to like party together and like we had mutual friends. And so these mutual friends kind of introduced us to each other and then we kind of like clicked up. And so like me, young Satan and uh, rewrote Peter sort of initially became friends. And that was like how it sort of started. Us three were friends. And then another friend of mine, Alex, introduced me to Arnold. He was like, hey, you should meet this guy, yeah, Joe. And so I met Joe. And then Colby, CZ, came a year later. Like, we had all known each other for a little bit. And then CZ came a year later because he was the young one. And he was a freshman. And the, he went to the same school or something as in Florida as my roommate. Mm. So my roommate was like, hey, this kid yeah. just came to Berkeley. You guys both like Lil B. Like, you guys should hang <laughs> out. Like, deadass, that's how it happened. She was like, you guys both like Lil B. I was like, sounds like my kind of guy. Like, let's, <laughs> let's go, bring him over. And so we ended up really kick, you know, hitting it off and like, we would all smoke and like make music. Yeah. I think we were all just really hungry to like kind of do something in the electronic realm. Mm -hmm. And we sort of were like, seeing this is 2011 i think or maybe yeah. 2012 that soundcloud and twitter there was a lot of like power to those two platforms and it was sort of untapped in the dj community right and so we were like hey let's like you know make a mixtape or something because we were all listening to like rap and i at least i was and i was like you know this like free mixtape format that like rappers are doing yeah seems to be like really working for them mm -hmm. So it's like, what if we made a mixtape that was like sort of branded like a rap album and we're like a boy band, but we're DJs yeah. and we'll all put our own tracks and we'll all have our own flavor and everybody can kind of pick from that. And like, you know, some person's going to like this more than they're going to like that. And, you know, there's a variety of styles yeah. on it and it worked. And so we got it, like blogged yeah. and stuff. That was really like not so much in the northeastern because i actually went to northeastern so i oh, literally cool. was just like across the road from you no way but, like i didn't even know i think that's probably like how i find your music because it's like so close mm -hmm. but then like i didn't really see that much like dj scene so you're probably like one of the early ones yeah then. i think that i think that if i look back at it you know like we probably were on the like early side of the trap boom yeah you know because we definitely like I saw guys like Hudson Mohawk and like 
dudes like that kind of like shouting out like Dirty South music, you know. They're like, we like Dirty South rap. And I was like, me too. You know, I'm from the South. Like, I love that shit. Like, rolling hi-hats and the stuff that we know is like trap today. Yeah. Um, which was trap back then. You know, I was like, I'm really into trap rap. And so we called our music Future Trap because we were like, we're going to take these drums but yeah. put it over different music. And... Uh, Anyways, it became trap. Yeah. You and guys had some, like, crazy parties, right? Like, there was, like, an apartment that you got, like, kind of for free. Like, the guy was, like, yeah. paying it. was never there. You really did your research. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, Peter and Trevor lived in this place called 308. Mm-hmm. Infamous 308. So if the MOD guys are watching, which I hope you are, <laughs> they'll laugh at this part. They'll be like, they'll shudder, they'll go, oh, and then laugh. Because 308 was this apartment, we used to throw these parties, and we would let everybody, like, smoke cigs inside. Which is ridiculous, like, for a party in Boston. So we'd pack out this room, and we'd all DJ. And it was really, like, kind of open format, and we would just play whatever we wanted. But we were so loose with the rules in the party and just invited everybody that, like, everybody just stayed in the room. So everybody would just, nobody would go outside to smoke. And so everybody was in this room, and we ended up getting evicted because the parties got too out of hand. Oh. People broke, like, one guy broke his head through the wall. Holy crap. It was nuts. It was good, but <laughs> it was, like, crazy. it was a platform, and the Emerson girls, it was Emerson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emerson. We, link, we linked up with these Emerson girls, and they, like, helped us out. They're like, hey, will you DJ our parties? Hey, like, da-da-da, we'll bring a bunch of people over. And we kind of, yeah. like, reached out of the Berkeley community. Because mm. Berkeley is just a bunch of, like, yeah. it's all pretentious musicians. Mm-hmm. And, like, I get it. Bless them. You know, it's all, <laughs> it's all good. Because I'm the same way, kind of. But, you know, that, like, outside sort of influence, like, really helped us back yeah. then. And then fun. what happened after college? So we basically... Arnold moved... And then Trevor moved, or Peter moved, and then at the end it was just me and Colby. We all kind of were like, okay, let's leave Boston, because Boston sort of kind of became this sort of dark vibe, kind of. It definitely wasn't like where we needed to be, mm-hmm. and the winters were rough and stuff, and, and I was kind of going in and out of having some problems uh, with like drugs and alcohol and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so that was during like... It's, it's been forever, yeah. you know, honestly, and, and that's, like, a big part of my story. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely was happening a lot in at Berkeley, kind of going in and out of, you know, some, some bad stuff. And uh, we all kind of, like, separately moved, and the kind of the goal was to get out to L.A. So I went back to Dallas for, like, a little bit, and then uh, we all ended up making our way out here one by one, you know? Yeah. So... That's how it kind of went down. I mean, all of us, Colby, I think, was the last to come. And then Arnold. No, it was, I don't know how it went down, but I think maybe, like, I came first, and then Trevor, then Colby, then Arnold, and Peter. Yeah. Somebody, I don't know. I don't know the order exactly. I think that there were, uh, yeah, to, like, I think that with addiction, and it's, like, such a, it's important that I think we talk about this right now, because of the whole thing that happened with Little Peep, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it's a little ridiculous to not think that this is, like, drug-related or has, like, that addiction issues need to be spoken about during this time, you know? It's like, let's celebrate his music and everything, and, and I love Little Peep. Honestly, I'm a huge fan. Um, and I've known Ned for a long time. Ned Arb, one of his, like, main producer guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh... 
you know, I, I just think it's important that we like talk about it because for me, it's something, it's something that like I've struggled with for a really long time. And I think it was to like, it's not that I was running away from anything but myself mm. and my own like thoughts. Because like living with myself day to day was difficult, hmm. you know, and for some reason, and I think a lot of like drug addicts and alcoholics will talk about this, is that like the drugs weren't the problem, they were the solution. Hmm. You know, and the problem is actually me. Um, and, I, and I just have a disease, like, you know, we treat disease and alcoholism as a, or addiction and alcoholism as a disease. Mm -hmm. Because it, it, it truly is, you know, it's that when I pick up, I can't put it down. And that's just been my experience, is that whenever I pick it up, I can't put it down. Or if I pick up one thing, I always end up doing the thing that I really want. And that thing that I really want really fucks me up yeah. and uh, gets me into some pretty bad situations. And, you know, I cross lines that I, I really don't want to cross. Um, so that kind of went on and off pretty much my whole life. Wow. But also, like, it got significantly worse in Boston and then out here pretty bad as well. It got the yeah. worst out here. Wow. Did your parents know about it? Oh, yeah. My parents have wow. always What, did they do anything about it or? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I did a little, I've done some rehab stints and stuff like that and, uh, you know, they didn't know what to do. You know, they wanted to, like, help me so much and bless them. I love my parents. Um, but ultimately, what, what got me cleaned up was they're like, we're not going to do anything. Like, have fun. We're not wow. helping you out. We're not bailing you out. Mm. Don't call us for anything. Figure your shit out. And at that wow. point, I had, like, one final option. Yeah. And this is three years ago almost now. And it was, like, go back to treatment on the west side of LA. I was living mm -hmm. in Koreatown. And uh, I did it. I was like, fuck it, all right, fine. Yeah. Like I've kind of proved myself enough times that like whenever I like do any, any mind altering substance, I always end up kind of uh, going to the really hard ones. Yeah. So I'll let you all use your imagination. But yeah. uh, I, like the, I like the real ones. Yeah, but what about LA? Do you think it got like really stronger over here? I think that it, like, like, as you kind of um, progress in your life, your d disease gets worse, hmm. um, and it never really gets better. It, it always is, like, waiting there, yeah. you know? And I had, I wasn't taking any sort of, like, you know, medicine for that, for that matter. Um, and when I came out here, I kind of started partying too hard. Right. Because, like, dude, a lot of people fall prey to that. Mm -hmm. You know, they come out here with big hopes and dreams, and, and they do well for a little bit, and they make connections and all this stuff, but then they just start partying too much, you know? And this city will fucking eat you up. Like, it's, like, totally, totally acceptable to, like, do cocaine every night in yeah. L.A., you know? And, like, I've seen that time and time again. People move here and just do too much blow, just party every single night, you know, drink too much. And uh, for me, that's... That was like kind of the beginning of it. And like I said before, it yeah. started there. Stopped getting gigs, you know, started not really making any music and started kind of having to do other things to like support myself out mm -hmm. here. And, you know, the pressure of that and then the pressure of some other stuff, you know, and then having this disease basically. Um, eventually all of that culminated into like a certain thing crossing my path and uh, a certain substance, and that certain thing, you know, just like took me down like yeah. no other thing had. Mm -hmm. um, 
and le ultimately like led me to get sober. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah. So it's pretty fucking gnarly. Yeah, and now it's just been crazy for you. Like after that, like you've just been on the like the uphill just so fast. Yeah, it was. It's a, it's funny because it's like, oh, that's what I needed to do. <laughs> so yeah. like I just needed to clean up, and like help other people and kind of like talk to other people, you know, struggling with the same thing. So if you're watching this and you're struggling, you can always hit me up. Like, mm -hmm. Always. Yeah. Um, because I had to talk to people who had been through this before, and I, it's crazy because there's a lot of people in the industry who are actually sober, which you'd never think, but they are. Yeah. And it's been a lot better since then. Yeah. So you did like a boiler room like before, right? Yeah. Today, uh, somebody tweeted today from the old MOD account wow. about it. They were like, five years ago we did boiler room, and I did. I did five years. I did boiler room five years ago. I was a fucking kid, man. Yeah. And uh, it was like a dream come true. Wow. And, we were sort of like in the EDM realm, but like still kind of in this underground realm as well. Yeah. And uh, it was cool, man. Yeah. It was cool. I played a lot of club music back then. I've always been a club fan. So, you know, you can go back and watch the boiler room. I'm playing a shit ton of like Jersey, a shit ton Whoa. of club. Like I was really into Fade to Mine back then. Yeah. So I was playing um, like in Guzum Guzu tracks. And yeah. There was some other stuff that was in that. Yeah. That was really crazy. And also went on tour with Floss, right? Like you. Yeah, I did. I did back Damn. then. Yeah, that was cool. That was really good. That was like at the kind of beginning of your career, right? Or yeah, it was like 2013. Wow. Um, Underground Nights. I did the like last leg on the West Coast with them, and it was like it was a fucking dream come true. Yeah. You know? Shout out, shout out those dudes. Um, Got to play with Yemi too, actually, recently. Oh, damn. Um, which was cool. It's just kind of like weird full circle thing. Yeah. You know, I was like, whoa, four years later. How do you think your music has changed from the early songs you put out? I've definitely gotten like more EDM lately. Yeah? Yeah, and that's been like funny because like generally I feel people kind of get away from that maybe yeah. or like, I don't know. Like the older I've gotten, the more I've just kind of been like into that. And I've always been into that. Like, God, I was talking to like Hoodboy or something the other night, and he was like, it was really funny because I was like, yeah, you know, I'm like super EDM dude, like I'm like a shameless like rhythm fan, you know. And he was like, but haven't you always been? And I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like so like I love it all yeah. personally, and I, I I really like being in the big room, and I love like yeah. that style of music, and so I've kind of taken little Texas in that direction, and and it's just kind of where I'm at right now, you know, I'm like, you know, working with Twonk Records really heavily, going on tour with Brills, and uh, that's been a blessing, you know, love that dude, shout out Brills, yeah. and uh, the whole Twonk team, Eliminate, Hydraulics, uh, you know, those are my boys, Travis Piper, Yeah. Um, love all those guys, and that's been really cool, he's pushed me to kind of like develop my own sound and like take the foundations that I love, like, like Bend Over was kind of sort of along those lines yeah. in a lot of ways. And I've kind of updated that sound. But I still have all the music shit in me. You know, my Trekkie Tracks EP was definitely very melodic and on a different uh, different flow than what this EP is gonna yeah. be like. And why did it click to you to start your like a chef Instagram? <laughs> well, honestly, my friend, um, the guy who introduced me to, to Arnold, he, uh, him and his girl have like a plant-based thing called Raja Bibi. So shout out Raja Bibi. It's a lot of shout outs. Today. <laughs> um, you better all be watching this. Yeah, so if you're into like vegan stuff, plant-based <laughs> meals, you know, go check them out. They're they're amazing. 
Um, I'm more into like sauces and like heavy like mm -hmm. protein uh, style dishes yeah. and like French aesthetics and things like that and Texas style food. Um, but he showed me like kind of like gave me her, him and his girlfriend Christiana sort of like showed me how to food blog like in a like uh, in a sort of like she did like a really artsy way like the angles and everything yeah exactly it. they showed me like how to do it they were like here <laughs> you need to like go buy this thing and like you know start doing this and and uh so they kind of like were like my uh you know whatever they like showed me how to do it sort of and like kind of bounce it off them and i've wanted to do it for a long time they mentor you yeah like in a way yeah and uh so i ended up getting the little setup and and I just love cooking. Like, I love it. It's creative. It's fun. It's a passion of mine. It's meditative. Um, and then you get to eat it at the end, which is yeah. great. And you get to take cool pictures, and everybody interacts with it. And they're like, oh, my God. You know? So I, I just wanted to, like, start that because my regular Instagram, whenever I post, like, I'm kind of, like, weird and OCD about my, mm -hmm. like, flow on my Instagram. Yeah. And so I was like, ah, oh, this, like, one random food picture is, like, throwing my whole flow off. And so I was like, well, I just need to, like, put it on a different Instagram. And then just, like, have both yeah. of those things going. And it's fun for me, so. I think it's so cute. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> it's good. I've got some yeah. really cool stuff planned for it. And, like, some t I'm eventually probably we'll get into some more tutorial type oh, stuff. Oh, But right now it's mostly. That's, I'm so excited for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. How would you say you've grown as a person since when you started? Oh, man. Great question. Uh, you know, when I started, it was so, like, I was naive, and I just knew I didn't want to do these things, and so we just kind of made whatever we wanted, and then you get all this pressure once things start happening for you, and I get this pressure to, like, do things, you know, and, like, be a certain way, or I gotta release a banger, I gotta do this, you know, all those kind of things, and to, like, what I've found is as I've grown up, and as I've, like, cleaned up, too, mm -hmm. Um, I've really come become aware of myself and become aware of what like I really wanted to do and kind of the freedom that comes along with that. The freedom and the awareness of like who Sam is and like what Lil Texas is and like what I can express through that and maybe like how I want to take this other part of me and put it in somewhere else. And so I think as I've gotten older, which I, I like getting older kind of, you know, like I really don't mind it, is you know, that I become aware of myself and I be just kind of like unfazed by the bullshit. Yeah. That's the, that's the good thing about growing up is I think that if you're living right and you're progressing in your own life, you know, we become unfazed by the dumb shit that yeah. I was so concerned about in like, yeah. you know, 2012. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've also just, you know, I'm, a, I'm, <laughs> this must sound sappy, but I'm reliable now, you know, and like, mm -hmm. And that's, like, something that's, like, amazing to me. And I'm not, you know, trying to get another another fix every day. Yeah. You know, like, drug addiction and that stuff is, like, a huge part of my story. And it's mm -hmm. still a big part of my life. And But on the positive side, on the yeah. helping people side. Yeah. Um, and so that's been, like, just really cool, you know? And to, like, kind of start my career over and do it again and starting to have some successes lately um, has been beautiful. Yeah. You know? And I've still got all my, like, OG fans and everybody, like, remembers, like, it's, like, cool yeah. that you know that stuff. <laughs> and, like, there's people out there. Yeah. Which is funny, too, because people don't know about it as well, mm -hmm. which is funny. Like, I'll meet producers and they'll be like, hey, what's up? Oh, Little Texas, I like your, like, whatever, like, your Magnolia remix or something like that. Or, yeah. you know, some of my newer stuff. And they're like, M.O.D., what's M.O.D.? And they're like, 
what? You've been around since 2013? It's like, yeah. They're like, no way. And I'm like, yeah. So it's cool. It's like different, you know, and I've just kind of hung in there and like, I love love making music, you know, and and there's a lot of like great people in my life now who like super influence me. Yeah. Um, That's great. Last question. Okay. What do you want to be remembered for? Oh God, my looks. No. Um, (laughs) My my sex appeal. Uh, What do I want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered as somebody who did their thing, you know, and just just their individuality. Mm-hmm. You know, that that he did what he wanted to do. Yeah. You know, and didn't really, like, try to... I don't know. You know, what? it was just a weirdo. Like, I want to be remembered as a weirdo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're <laughs> the first person to say that. I love that. Yeah, like, and that's, like, something that I think is, like, so cool. And those are the people that I'm attracted to are the people who kind of do whatever they want and have their own thing. While being, you know, while being in a context of something that's digest- digestible, I think that's, like, artistically what I would want to be remembered as. Yeah. Because a lot of people could say, well, yeah, my, like... Music is very, like, EDM mainstream, mm-hmm. you know, but that's okay. And, like, I just want to be weird within that context. Yeah. And and other than that, you know, I'd want to be remembered as somebody who, like, had an impact on people's lives. Yeah. Like, and maybe not necessarily in music, like, but in, like, a, hel- like a you know, that I helped people. Yeah. Because, like, people helped me when I was in my worst spot. And people will attest that I was in a pretty fucking dark spot when I lived here actually in K-Town yeah. and I want to like you know impart that back onto people that like there is a solution and that we uh, we experience as people and people in LA yeah you know, anywhere really so. I love that thank that. you so much that's really welcome. amazing you're welcome you're <laughs> welcome yeah awesome Bye.